Welcome to the show, Chelsea on Shed. Glad to have you here with me, Shed Nation, as we digest a whole wave of information when it comes to budget 2023. Uh, trying to uh, to parse out all of the different details right now that we that we just received. Uh, looks like a lot of uh, a lot of money being spent in, of course, our healthcare system, which we knew uh, we would we would likely see. Budget 2023 increases health operating expenses by 965 million dollars. Uh, the uh, the impetus is to decrease emergency room wait times, improve ambulance response times, reduce wait times for surgeries, empower frontline workers to deliver healthcare. There's also going to be investments in emergency medical services, investing in healthcare facilities that will be run by nurse practitioners. This is sort of to help fill the gap there that uh, many Albertans find when it comes to finding a, a GP. Uh, so is this going to be, is this going to be the, the perfect answer <laughs> that will, of course, ensure uh, that Danielle Smith can remain on as premier come this May? Uh, let's see. How, what's the political impact of this budget? How much of a campaign budget is this? Uh, we're going to get into it right now with our next guest, who's a professor of political science at the University of Calgary. Dr. Lisa Young is joining the show. Dr. Young, thank Thank you so much for being here. Always a pleasure to get your perspective. Happy to be here. Now, there is a lot of information that just came down in like the last 20 minutes. So uh, let me just let me just gauge where your head is at when it comes to you know, sort of wrapping your head around some of these some of these big numbers here. Uh, have you had a chance to really take a, a good look at, at the budget or at least some of the highlights? Well, I've been gulping it down as fast as you have, so this is very much a uh, first take. But, you know, one of the things that struck me is that we've heard a lot of this already. There are no big surprises, um, at least on the spending side of things. Um, you know, we've we've heard a lot about reinvesting in, in health care, and sure enough, there's the money. Um, when we talk about affordability, what do you see? It, it's the things that have already been announced, and they're going to be continued. But if anyone was looking for, you know, another round of Danny Bucks uh, on top of uh, what was announced a couple of months ago, th that's not happening. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of this has, has been signaled, and, and so there's not a lot new here on the spending side of things. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there was a lot of speculation about what this was going to look like. We've gotten some some details right now in terms of what this is going to look like for our healthcare system, for our education system, which, yeah, I mean, we knew that there was more than likely going to be some spending in those areas. But I'm, I'm wondering, something that, that, that stood out to me was the fact that there is a surplus of about $2.4 billion and the report that there will be a surplus for the next two years. How much... Does a report of a surplus help prop up a government? Because I, I mean, ultimately, we're you know we're we're in a campaign at the moment, <laughs> lead, certainly leading towards one that will ramp up. But I, I'm wondering how how the the government plans to use some of these numbers to help lend them some support and some votes. Yeah, and you know, I think it's a complicated to thing to think about how this affects voting decisions. There are lots of voters who are very concerned about fiscal responsibility. They don't like the the idea of the government running a debt or a deficit, mm -hmm. and and so they're happy to see these kinds of numbers. But those are people who are probably already committed to voting UCP, right? They they believe that the UCP is the party that's much more likely to be, you know. Uh, 
um, uh, being fiscally responsible from that point of view. So I'm not sure that it wins anybody over. So for those voters who haven't made up their minds yet, then the question is, you know, did they want to see the surplus? Does that make them feel like the province is in good shape and things are going to be better for everyone? Or did they want to see more spending to address things that have been kind of pain points for them or their family? Were they really interested in, you know, seeing a boost, a big boost in K-12 spending? And we just don't know, right? We, we have to wait and see whether anything moves in, in the polls. Um, so it's, it's really hard to say definitively, oh, yes, this will ensure the re-election of the UCP or it's not going to help at all. Mm-hmm. Well, but it is it does put the NDP then in kind of an awkward position because they're not the ones that get to present this. They don't get to, you know, to to trot out the fact that there's a surplus. So what what position then does it put them into to to try to to attack this budget or or speak to it in a way that lends some support to them if we're talking about this looking like a campaign? Yeah, it's it's a really tricky line for them to walk because on the one hand, they might very well be able to appeal to some of those undecided voters by saying, you know, we've got our priorities straight. We would spend money on education or we would put more money into health care because we know that that's what Albertans mean. And that might be helpful to them, but it also feeds the perception that they're not fiscally responsible. And so that could tip some of those undecided voters in the other direction. So it's a really tricky thing to do to say we want to see more spending or we think you should be spending on different things without looking as though you would just, you know, spend the whole surplus, which I, I don't think is what they would intend to do. But that is a perception that the NDP is the spending party and that the UCP is the saving party. Hmm. So, I mean, we talk about some of the things that we expected to see in the budget, obviously some spending for, as we mentioned, healthcare, probably the main issue that was, I think, the one that we were really, as Albertans, expecting to see a lot of cash flowing into. Was there anything so far, and I realize and appreciate that this has just come out, Dr. Young, was there anything that wasn't mentioned that's sticking out to you? Well, it's interesting. They've set up something called the Alberta Fund, and I haven't entirely wrapped my head around it, but it seems to be to say that they want to pass a law that says that when the government runs a surplus, half the money has to go into debt repayment, and then the other half has to be held for a year, and then it can either go into the Heritage Fund or to debt repayment. So it's trying to almost um, limit the options available to future governments. Now, those future governments can always repeal that kind of a law, but I thought that that one was a little unusual, not mm-hmm. what you typically see, but I don't really, I haven't really wrapped my head around what it means, if anything. It may just be another way of signaling look, we're the fiscally responsible party. You know, you you bring up a good point in that talking about debt repayment because I think sometimes a surplus can be misleading in that it makes it look like, look, look at all this money over here. We don't have any debt to take care of as a province, but we do still have debt. A surplus can sometimes be a, a bit misleading in its presentation, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the plan is to use a part of that to pay down debt and a part of it to go into to the Heritage Fund. And, you know, you might say, why wouldn't you pay down the debt right away? But a lot of that debt, as I understand it, was um, borrowing at very low interest rates. So you might actually be better off. It's that question. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the question that we have, you know, should I pay down the mortgage or should I put money in an RSP, right? right. That's a bit of the choice that the government has to make right now. Right, because we locked in at a really good rate. So <laughs> stay the course. Okay, Dr. Young, thank you so much for your perspective. Really appreciate it. And uh, so glad to talk to you about information that, of course, we, we've just received. So I look forward to getting your perspective again after we've taken a little bit more time with this. Thanks so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Dr. Lisa Young is a professor of political science out of the University of Calgary, of course, talking about budget 2023.